Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. Keeping it simple. And when you want to add bells and whistles, ask yourself, does this really matter? Does the customer care if I'm on video the whole time or if they just get the teaching and the content so that they can get a transformation? That's another thing. If I back up a little bit, as you're creating your course, what is your promise? And can you deliver on that? Like what can, what kind of transformation or results can you get a person? Then you have to ask yourself, well, how do I know this? One, you've done it for yourself. Even better, you've done it for yourself and a few other people then you know you're ready to show other people how to do it. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 
254. You are listening to your dream business podcast and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I will share with you business, marketing and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. So great to have you here with me again. As you may have known, if you listened to last week's episode, we are doing some replays. We are doing four in total. The first one was last week, which was Jasmine, which was just brilliant. I love that episode. Still one of my favourites. And this week is another of my favourites. Obviously, they're all my favourites, which is why I chose them. But this week was my second ever interview. When I started my podcast, and and I talk to people a lot about podcasting, often people who join me for the 90-day programme want to launch a podcast. I've launched a few podcasts now with people. So we use that 90-day programme to go through and launch their podcast. And one thing that people ask me, or one thing that I talk about if you're thinking about one, is what's the format going to be? Are you going to have interviews? Are you not? what style. And actually, one of the things I did when I started my podcast was I initially just did solos. The first 20-something episodes were solo episodes. And I did it because I think I heard Pat Flynn say something about it. Anyway, I heard someone say about, you know, if you're going to do a podcast, you want to get really comfortable with doing it before you start interviewing anybody. So that's what I did. I got really comfortable with talking to myself and recording myself and putting out the episodes. So for me, I didn't start interviewing until around episode 20 something. And this amazing person was my second ever interview, my first ever interview, FYI. If you want to go back and listen, it was Pat Flynn, which is a kind of crazy, amazing first interview. But my second ever interview was Amy Porterfield, which I am confident you know who she is because I've talked about her before. It's It was amazing that I got to interview her second on my podcast because she is a very sought after, all these people are that I'm bringing you in these replays. And the fact that I've interviewed any of them is is unbelievable. But to have her as my second was amazing. And actually, like I did last week with Jasmine's, I've just listened back to lots of it. And And I really enjoyed the conversation. It was a really lovely conversation. And obviously some time has moved on since then, like again, about four years, I think. But it was, the conversation still stands. We're talking about online courses. We're talking about transitioning into an online business. And some of my opinions and thoughts might be different now from what I've learned. But And I think that's interesting. It's interesting to see how far I've come as a person. But again, the conversation was just lovely, really, really nice, really fun. And I think what's really great about these replays I'm giving you, they are all very charismatic people. So they're they're great to listen to, great to hear their stories. So I really hope you enjoy this replay. Again, you might have listened to it, but it could have been a long time ago, but it's a good one. So I really hope you enjoy it and I'll see you at the end. Amy, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I love that I get to do this. Every time you and I talk, it's like girlfriends are just chatting about everything, work and life and all the good stuff in between. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I'm really excited about it. You are only my second interview. Oh my goodness. My last one was with Pat. 
he is just like a consummate professional, isn't he? He's amazing. So that was (laughs) awesome. But I feel like I'm getting all the best people to start. So it's just fantastic. Well, I thank you for having me. I'm honored to be the second. Ah, thank you. So obviously I have followed you for ages. I've been very lucky to see you taught live. I'm in, I'm a student in Courses That Convert and I follow your content. I love what you do. And also your story, I feel like if I was to think of my future forward of how I want my story to pan out is your story. So I would love it for my audience that may not have come across you, although I've talked about you a fair bit. I would love it if you could just explain how you kind of got to where you are now. Great. Okay. So I started my marketing career with Harley Davidson motorcycles, but it was at a local level. So it was in the States. And I uh, I say in the States because you're not in the States, but it was in California. And I worked for Harley for a few years. And that's where I learned marketing. So when you work for a company where people tattoo their logo on their body, I mean, that's crazy. It's a tribe. It's nostalgic. It was amazing. And that's where I learned community. But from there... I then went to work with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins. And funny enough, I got there because I broke up with a boyfriend. I was up late at night, couldn't sleep for weeks and weeks. And that dang Tony Robbins infomercial kept coming up on the television. And I would see it every night. And I thought, I need I need some of that. So I went to the library. I got his tapes. I mean, this is how long ago Brilliant. it was. Yep. I got his tapes. I listened. I fell in love with his message. And then I thought, I want to work for this guy. So I left Harley-Davidson, got a job with Tony Robbins, and I was the content director. So I got to work on the content that Tony would do on stage and in his digital products. And for six and a half years, I got the best education I could possibly get. I Right. I mean, I got to learn from the master and I was really in it. Like I got to pitch and catch with him. I got to be in his proximity. We traveled all over the world. I mean, I got that my travel bug is out of me. I am done. (laughs) We were on the road all the time. And so I finally realized I want to be my own boss. After listening to Tony over and over again, I wanted to do my own thing. And quite honestly, I was exhausted. Traveling that much and being on somebody else's time, you could only do that for so long. And so I thought, I want to be my own boss. I want to call the shots. I want to create content for my own business, not for somebody else's. And I had just gotten married and the traveling all the time just wasn't going to work. And so I, I, I took baby steps. So this is great for anybody to hear that is wanting to transition out of one thing into another. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm quitting. I'm starting my own yeah. business. <laughs> but instead I said, okay, I want to move on. I want to start my own thing. I'm going to start taking baby steps. I asked to move from the content department to the marketing department. And I had a lot of clout there. I'd been there for a while. So they said yes. And then at one point I said, can I start working from home a few days a week? And then from there, can I go part-time? And then from there, I took the leap and went out on my own. And I think when you're a good employee, I recently heard Marie Forleo interview somebody about being a good employee and how you want to just shine no matter what. And I feel like I was a good employee till the very end. So they said yes to all those things. Then I finally took the leap and here's where I'll wrap up the story. My goal was to create online training programs around social media and online marketing and sell those programs. That's how I had seen it done by the big guns that were making lots of money and a big impact. I went out on my own, 
had no idea how to create an online course, didn't have an audience. And I was freaked out because I didn't have a big savings. So I started to take clients for social media. So I took about eight clients. I was doing their social media for small businesses and I hated it. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that it wasn't for me. I mean, it's great for other people. They kill it. I didn't enjoy it. And I had no idea how to set boundaries. So they were calling me at all hours of the day. Their expectations were wild because I didn't set any. And I just was not loving it. But I did it for two years. And being in the trenches with small businesses doing their social media taught me so very much. So I needed the education. I just didn't enjoy it. About two years into my online business, it's almost 10 years now, about two years in, I decided no more. I do not like this business model I created. I'm starting over and I started to create courses and let go of my clients. The day I let go of my final client, oh, wow. I turned up the radio. I <laughs> danced it out alone in my little condo. Like I finally am doing it. And it was hard for a while. We actually went into debt a little bit when I let go of my clients and started my online courses because they kind of took a while to ramp up. So that wasn't ideal, but I'm here now. 90% of my revenue is made from three online courses I sell on evergreen every single day. And then I do some affiliate marketing as well. It's just, honestly, the story is amazing because I used to work for Land Rover. I did corporate marketing for Land Rover. So again, a brand where, you know, in some parts of the world, that is the only vehicle they see, you know? Oh yeah. And people love the vehicles. I have a Range Rover. I love the vehicle. And And it is, it's an amazing brand, a great product. And then obviously worked in marketing forever started on my own, but I did exactly the same. And I'm, you know, I had clients and I remember hearing you say once, which is exactly what I thought was you went from having one boss to suddenly having eight, like, yes. no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> they think oh, I'm going to have my own business so that I can have free time and I can manage my, and it's like, no, 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 that didn't work. That isn't how it's working. Never. And- I think with clients and you have them, you do feel like you are kind of tied a bit or you are responsible or got to be around in business hours. So if I come off to, you know, go off to the state, I feel a bit like, oh, how are we going to manage these things? So yeah, I feel like I hear your journey and think that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be in five years time, let's say. I love it. My fingers crossed. Did you ever imagine in the early days when you started, did you think I'm going to become this successful? Oh, heck no. Like never in my wildest dreams did I think that I'd have the business I have today. And here's something I tell my students. The business you have today will look dramatically different in just a few years from now. Mm -hmm. And so making big decisions, making pivots, all of that is okay because it's going to look different. And I wanted to sell online courses, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to turn out. And I think that's okay as well. I recently heard a friend of mine say she never sets goals like five years out. She does it about 24 months out and that's about it. And that's what I've always done. At first, it was like six months out, then 12 months out. Then I could look about two years forward, but no more than that. Mm -hmm. And that's allowed me to not have to make everything such a big deal because I could pivot as I go. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Again, when you said you started off on social media, I've thought about social media courses, but the problem with the social media world is you do something and 10 minutes later, it's out of date. So I thought, you know, I could spend months putting together an amazing Facebook course and Facebook makes one change and that's it. I'm done. You know, that is no longer relevant. What is it that you love? And are there still things that you dislike about what you do now? 
Oh, yes. Okay. So what I love is I love the teaching part. I absolutely love to put together content and teach it in a way that light bulbs go off and people think, oh, I get it. Finally, you broke it down. I'm best known for step-by-step and breaking things down and holding people's hand through the process. And and that definitely is something that feels good to me. So I absolutely love it. I mean, I of course love the emails that say it worked. I did it and look at my results. So I live for that. Now, the stuff I don't love, when I first taught Facebook, I had the same problem that you'll likely be up against where it was always changing. I had a Facebook program back in the day and I wanted to pull my hair out the second Facebook would make an announcement. So I get that part. I don't love updating my programs. It's no matter what you teach, it's a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. And I also feel a lot of pressure to support a lot of people, my community. I worry, I'm a worrier by nature. I worry about them. I want to make sure they're getting the kind of support they need and that they're getting to the finish line. And so I hold that a lot like on my chest, like I can physically feel it sometimes. And so I have to be careful about my self-care. Like I talk to a therapist type person every single week on a Friday morning at 7 a.m. I do meditation. I have to, I, you know, I go on walks with my dog. I have to do a few few things because I, I take everybody else's struggle and burden of building an online business and just yeah. put it all on myself. And you do that when you have courses that teach people how to do stuff and they're going through it and they're struggling. It's mm-hmm. building an online business is not easy. No. And so that's the part that I have to be very mindful of. And I think as well, there's a big difference between people who just put courses out to sell and people who want people to succeed. Yes. And you know, you can't just, well, you can, but it's not, I don't think this would be my sort of thing. This definitely isn't yours. You know, you can just put together a course and sell it and who cares if they do it? You know, at the end of the day, that's up to them. But of course, you don't want that. You want people to buy your course, go through it. In fact, I have a friend who has her own business who spoke to me just the other day and went, oh my God, Amy's done it again. And I was like, what do you mean? She went, I've bought courses. She'd already got courses. And I've gone and bought email and webinars that convert. And I'm not. And she knows what she's doing. I can't help myself. Oh, and I love her. But those are the people I think about because that's hard-earned money they're spending with me. And I, I get it. And I want them to truly succeed. And you're right. There are people that just put out their courses and they say, it's up to you. You know, you're a big girl. You're a big boy. You figure it out. I can't. I can't do it. And, and you can't either. I know you enough to know we, can, we care deeply. We do. And, and I want to, the, the bit that I love doing is adding value, is, is being a help to someone. So, you know, I don't want you to just sit there and go through the motions. I want you to really take it and make a difference. But, you know, she wouldn't, this friend of mine wouldn't have bought these other two courses if she didn't find that that first one was amazing. So that is surely testament to ah, how good you. that first course is for her to then go and spend, like you said, you know, these aren't $50 courses, you know, right. to go and spend a bit more and, and do another one. So they're amazing. Now, Thank you. I've got to ask, how on earth do you stay motivated when you are putting together a course? Because I have put many courses together. I have started to plan a bigger course and oh my god my head just wants to implode I don't know how on earth you and yours are massive I'm like I said I'm in courses that convert and the content that is in there is unbelievable you do not shortchange anybody but how do you because that must take you ages so how do you keep motivated while trying to finish it 
Well, I love that you asked this question because I was recently talking to a friend about her getting to the finish line of writing her book and she has 30 more days to go. And I said, how's it going? And she's like, it's miserable. Mm -hmm. It's going to get done, but it's miserable. And I loved the truth behind that. And I will tell you, I feel like I'm living in a cave when I'm creating one of my signature courses, one of the big thousand dollar courses. I, I am dirty. My hair is dirty. I'm in the same clothes two days in a row. I have 10 mugs around me. My husband hates that part. Like put your mugs in the dishwasher. I can't, I'm too busy. I do go into a cave, which typically happens around creating the slide deck with all the content and the flow and recording them. That is, that is an ugly time for me. I feel overwhelmed and stressed and it's not my favorite. I don't sleep well, but we're talking maybe a week or two. And then I come out of it. I have to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and what has helped me along the way. Cause it, it would take me a good 60 days to create one of my signature courses. And I'm just talking about content creation, course creation, not launching it. Right. So 60 days. And what has helped me is a project plan. So once I get it, we use something called Asana, Mm A-S-A-N-A. Once it's in Asana and it's literally broken down step-by-step, module by module, what needs to get done, I'm good with a list. But if it's not in front of me saying like, Amy, this is what you're doing for the next two weeks. I feel like I'm going to take longer than I should to do it. I'm going to say I'm not feeling creative today, so I don't have time. And those things can get me in a lot of trouble. So my, my shorter answer is, it is very stressful for a short period of time. Yeah. I've got to see the light at the end of the tum- tunnel and I've got to have a project plan. Yeah. And I think having that broken down thing is so useful. I know that when it comes to doing your own stuff, that is the last thing that gets done. And I find right? excuses after excuses after yes. excuses. Like, and I'll tell myself, well, it's not an excuse. This is genuine. It's real. And, <laughs> and I just listen to myself and think, it is. I am literally sat here going, oh, I haven't got time for that. Well, you know, you could not sit down and, and maybe watch something on TV tonight if you really wanted to do. You could just crack on and do that. So sometimes I think the discipline is really good. And you have a great team around you. I am, that is like team goals. If anybody follows Amy and sees how she treats her team. And I can imagine they work very hard for you, Amy. I can imagine, you know, it's not all trips on boats and and flights (laughs) to Canada, which it's been recently, which is so cool. But that's why you get to do those amazing things because they work so hard. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up. So you're right. Recently, the whole team took a trip to Canada for a day of training, which was super fun for all of us. And then we just finished a live event. So we all got on this really cool boat and had champagne and had so much fun. And while I was on the boat, I I closed my eyes for a minute and I had champagne in my hand and literally a cupcake in the other, like they brought cupcakes on. And I thought, I'm eating a cupcake on a boat with the sun shining on my face with champagne. This is the life. And I closed my eyes for a moment and thought, holy cow, it took so much hard work over the last four days to get to a place that we could celebrate. Mm -hmm. My team is tired. They're cranky. They probably never want to see my face right now because (laughs) we went through a lot with this live event we just finished that I was telling you about. Long nights. I, I pressured them to get stuff done on a certain amount of time. I had to be more bossy than I typically am. And so I thought about that And we've got to celebrate those moments because you're right. It is tough sometimes. My team is probably overworked right now, but as a leader, I'm mindful of it. And I think, okay, what are we going to do to offset this? But I sometimes feel guilty because they work really hard, but their attitudes are amazing. So when we can celebrate, we celebrate. 
And do you know what? I follow Chloe on Instagram. Yes. And Angie, uh, your community manager. Yes. So Chloe, my integrator, Angie, my community manager. Yeah. And you can just tell they love what they do. And a kind of, I guess, what you had with Tony Robbins, they're almost experiencing the same type of thing. And it's funny, I've seen more of Chloe coming out in your things. Obviously, she's on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I see her more sort of generally sort of saying stuff and doing stuff. So it must be really lovely as their boss to be seeing how they're developing and how much they love it. You know, it is. And one of the things I've realized over the last few months is that if it's just the Amy show, that is not compelling enough for Chloe to feel that she's making a huge difference or Angie to feel like she's part of the community. So at the live event, I had my whole team up on a panel and they all answered questions. People loved it. When, When Chloe can get out in front of people and talk about what she does and the impact she makes, I want her to feel as though she... I want her to realize the impact she's making through my business. So if I, you know, it's hard when you run a personal brand and it is yeah. the Amy show many yeah. days, yeah. <laughs> but I need people to know one, I don't do it myself. Like, let me tell you a quick story. This morning, my podcast didn't get published right. So right. I'm a very early bird. So 5.30 in the morning, I'm the first one up on the team. Chloe's on vacation today. So she's not even checking in. And 5.30 this morning, I go into our help desk just to look for something. And I realized tons of tickets, like your link's not working. Your link's not working because the email went out. I had no idea how to fix it. And that's good and bad. It's good because my team takes it over. I don't even know what to do in WordPress anymore. But it scares me a little to think, oh my God, I don't even know what to do in WordPress anymore. (laughs) But I think as a leader, I do need to be, okay, we need a fail safe so that doesn't happen again. But it was really cool to know like, oh, my team just fixes this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I literally didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I don't know. You have those moments as you grow your team. And I think as well, though, because you have grown a team, you were in a position position when you had to do most things, yes. almost everything. Yes. And I've done that too, in the sense of I, you get to a point where you think, okay, I could do this, but really, is it worth my time and my energy and the best resource? Am I the best at this? And whenever I bring on anybody, I want to bring on someone who's better than me. I want to bring on someone that is more awesome at something than I am because they are going to add so much more. Whereas if I just carry on struggling through again, you know, uploading the podcast or trying to write show notes, or it's going to be a waste of my time and it's going to be not well, you know, not as well done as if they do it. So I just think so true. And, and like I said, I love seeing the team stuff. I love seeing the girls. They look like they have so much fun. They do. And they're so silly. We got to the point at the event where it was late. Everyone had gone home. We were still working. And it was that slap happy, funny time that we have. I thought this is my, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's snappy at each other, but in the funniest way. So we have a good time for sure. Good. I'm so, so glad. So Amy, let's just talk a little bit about creating an online business and creating an online course. Because obviously this is your Forte. This is where you excel. So if I was starting out today and I wanted to look at doing an online course and there are so many things involved, there are like a million different elements. There are so many places where you can get it right or get it wrong. You know, even things down to building a list, sending out emails, creating landing pages, creating the membership or the course itself, you know, marketing it, Facebook ads. How do you suggest that people even start to look at this because I think sometimes, and I've watched a million videos on YouTube and every advert comes up and it's some guy sat in some swanky office in New York saying, I made 
six million pounds while I slept last night. And it's like, and you could do it two by tomorrow. And it's like, no, I don't think that's the case. You know? Yes. So how would you suggest that people even start to go down this process? What would your baby steps be? Oh, I love this question. So baby steps would be to first get in the trenches, exactly like you've done and how I did it in the past where you got to understand your ideal customer avatar. And you definitely need to make sure that you have a course idea that is validated. So before you even get into the online course world, you know people want it and they'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. That means talking to your ideal customer avatar, maybe doing some surveys, really getting on social media and just listening more than you talk to figure out what people need. Once you do that, you can step into starting to create the course. Now, I'm a huge advocate of let's create the course first, and then we'll talk about marketing it. Now, if you want to pre-sell it and you've got to make money faster, you could pre-sell, then create, and after you've made a little money. But let's just take that off the table. I like this idea of Let's create the course after it's been validated, get it done, and then let's move into doing webinars and building the email list in order to sell the course. So the baby steps would be literally step-by-step, validate the idea. Now you've got a course idea, outline the idea. Now it's time to put that, that outline into slide decks. And I always say, let's keep it simple and get fancy later. So keeping it simple means you record your course with your audio and your slide deck. They don't even see your face. Mm -hmm. Now, I've become a poster child for the fact that that works, meaning most people are on video inside their course these days, like the big shots, my friends, they are on video and then they might show a slide or two, but they're professionally done. Marie Forleo, Stu McLaren, who does membership sites, he's on video. That is fancy and fantastic, but that is not where you start. So comparing yourself to the big shots is the worst thing you could do. I have made millions of dollars with a slide deck and my audio Mm -hmm. with every single video inside of my $1,000 courses. It can be done. Now, I will tell you after being at it for 10 years and kind of getting more comfortable with video, that's my next step, but I sure as heck wouldn't start there. So keeping it simple. And when you want to add bells and whistles, ask yourself, does this really matter? Does the customer care if I'm on video the whole time or if they just get the teaching and the content so that they can get a transformation? That's another thing. If I back up a little bit, as you're creating your course, what is your promise? And can you deliver on that? Like what can, what kind of transformation or results can you get a person? Then you have to ask yourself, well, how do I know this? One, you've done it for yourself. Even better, you've done it for yourself and a few other people. Then you know you're ready to show other people how to do it. So I just, the, my big picture is let's just focus on getting the course done. Then we'll talk promotion because you're right. Those are two different beasts. Yeah. And when we do it inside my business, there are two different project plans. I've got one team doing the launch and I do the course. Now, I love that you said in the beginning, I did it all. So yeah. you can do it all, but I didn't do yeah. it at the level I'm doing now. No. Right? Yeah. And I think as well, like you said, often we look at people we aspire to be like, and, you know, you, you named some there. I, we talked, in fact, you suggested that business by design might be good for me when we met. Ah, love James. Up to it. Oh man, he blows my mind if I'm honest. Right. And he is on video in on screen on every single video. And like you said, in fact, his whole setup, his lead magnet to that, to opening the car for Business by Design was insane. Insane. And and if you're looking at it from an (laughs) 
you know, a starting perspective and you look at that and think that's the level you've got to get to, you are... You'll never start. Never, never. Right? And he had 12 videos, you guys, for his launch or something like that. Like 12 professionally done. He is a film student in the past. I could never do what James did. But if I looked at that and thought, okay, I need to replicate what James yeah. did and I'm just starting out, I'd literally go back to a J-O-B. Like I yeah. wouldn't do it. Yeah. And the other thing I remember you talking about once on your podcast, and I will link up to it in the show notes when I remember which podcast it was, you talked about basically what's the difference between someone who's got this following and, and if you haven't got any following. And one of the things you talked about was consistency yes. and the fact that they are showing up no matter who's listening or watching, and they are doing it day in, day out. And again, when you look at some of those big players, and so for instance, I'm working quite hard on Instagram at the moment. We love Instagram. And yes. I'm, I'm working really hard on it. And I look at, say, Jasmine or Jenna, who you met in Hawaii. Yes. That must be so cool. She love her. And you look at their Instagram accounts and you're like, oh my God, look at their numbers. That is crazy. Right. But then you have to look at how many posts they've done. And it's literally, I think for Jasmine, it was something like 4,000 posts. Oh my she, gosh. She admits that she posts once a day. So do the maths. That's my favorite saying. Everything is do the maths because you start to work it back and you're like, she's been doing that consistently for like seven years. So, there you go. And, and that's the difference, isn't it? You know, that people are just, they didn't start as they are now. They didn't start with all the bells and whistles and all the fancy filming. And I, I was lucky enough to go to Pat's studio, which is amazing. Your studio looks amazing. But again, that's not how you started. I know. Showing a video of you. And it kind of makes me laugh because you laughed at it. When <laughs> you first started, you were sat in a hotel room with a bed in the background. <laughs> a bed behind me. What was I advertising? I don't know. But it didn't even phase me. Like, of course I'm doing this video with a bed behind me in a hotel room. Yeah, but yeah. that's how you get going. You just do it. Yeah. You got to get in motion, in action, no matter what. You will look back at those early years and cringe, yep. but you'll never get to where you want to go if you don't start. No. And that's the thing. You've actually just got to get on and do it. And even though it would be so lovely to have these amazing funnels, these amazing systems, I've literally just moved to Infusionsoft or I'm in the process wow. of doing that. That is a big investment. Big time. A lot of money, you know? So things like this, I didn't have that to begin with. You, you, you know, you have to take these tiny steps, don't you, in order to kind of yes. grow. And so it grows as you grow as well. So for sure. But of course, if you are thinking of starting a business online, Amy is the perfect place to start and her courses are phenomenal. So, and in fact, something that I did, even though my degree's in marketing, I've worked in marketing forever, this was a new world to me and it's a kind of new world to anybody. My degree right. was done 15 years ago. These things didn't even exist 15 years Nothing. ago. Me too, me too. So this was one of the ways that I got good at what I do now is by doing courses from other people. So Obviously, I would happily recommend that anybody goes and has a look at any of Amy's courses because they are amazing. Thank so, you. Amy, what is next? Like, and I know you don't plan loads in advance, but is there anything you're sat there thinking, this is where I want to go? This is what I want to do? Yes. I've decided that I'm going to create a membership site for the next step after somebody goes through my course. I want to have more elevated conversations. I want to talk about the promotion more. I want to troubleshoot with people that have actually done the work. I am obsessed with action takers. So, you know, I could, I could work with newbies all day long and I love them, but I'm ready to also work with people that have done the launches. They've done well, but they want to do better. So I'm creating a premium, expensive membership site 
Retreat, where you get more of me and we get to troubleshoot together. And I'm not going to launch it right away. I'm going to do it right, slow down a bit, mm-hmm. kind of get my my business in, in a place that is ready to build on. So that's hard for me. And that's hard for a lot of people listening. Like I've got to slow down before yeah. I ramp up. So we're getting some things in place. We're updating courses that convert. We're updating webinars that convert. So if you're a member, you get my updates. I am going on video this time. It's about time I do it, but not my students. So that's why I'm like, let's let's wait on this. Yeah. yeah. But I I just am stepping into that a little bit more. And I think it's going to be really fun. So I appreciate you asking. No, and it's awesome. And I think it's interesting because we were talking previously that you have just launched a live event for yes. people who are um, on your courses at Convert and are trying to launch and get going and to actually help them complete it. So to me, that sounds like the perfect thing to do. Yeah, You're then going to move into that membership space because, and I remember listening to you on Courses of Convert where you talk about validating your idea and validating it and talking to people. And I remember thinking, oh, I, I'll just leave that bit, right? <laughs> you said, don't skip it. And I thought, don't you dare. I'll skip it. I'll skip it. Anyway, I didn't in the end. And I got on Zoom calls with either Great. people that I knew or people in that I, my target were and I recorded those Zoom calls and I listened to every single word they said. Also, I asked them words like how they feel about stuff. Because when yes. you're marketing at a later date, in order to use some of those feeling words of overwhelm and frustration and, you know, all those kind of things that you do feel and your, your you know, people who are coming on your course feels. So when you're sat down in that room with them, you are going to be able to just suck up all this amazing information from them so that when you get to the membership, that is going to help you create a really good product for your, for sure, you know, for your audience so that they can take it to the next level. And again, I think the membership model itself is, is a great model because the world we move in is so quick. It's so fast. You want to update things and change things and bring in new ideas. And I know you obviously do the live calls in the Facebook group, which is amazing. But in order to do a membership, you can literally, something brand new changes, no problem. Right. Following month or a couple yes, of Yes. That's why I'm thinking for you, you might want to explore this idea. When you said yeah. things change so fast, I'm like, that sounds like a membership site. You never yeah. know. Yeah. And I do, I love the membership site as a model as well from a recurring income point of view. And yeah. And of course, Stu is the go-to guy. I mean, come on, Stu yeah. McLaren, shout out to you. I love that yeah. man. He is amazing. And we've been watching, because obviously we're a huge fan of Insta stories, him and James currently at oh. Fiji. Yes. Come oh on. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Those boys are having fun. Yeah. They are living the life, aren't they? It's just amazing. So I'll get there one day. I'll be, I'm yes. sure I'll be surfing in Fiji. <laughs> I will not be. <laughs> on a beach somewhere. So. Yes and yes. Amy, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It has been such fun. I've loved having you on as a guest. I love being here. Thank you for this. I'm excited about your podcast. This is exactly what you should be doing. People are going to be so lucky to get all of this goodness from you. So thanks for having me on early so I get to see everything you're going to get to create. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. There we go. That was the lovely Amy. You know what's super funny about that interview? With Jasmine's, I was gutted because she, her internet quality was bad, so we had to turn off our camera. So I don't have a recording of Jasmine and I talking, but I do have the recording of Amy and I talking. And man, 
how life has moved on. Like the office I'm in is tiny, how I look is so different. It's so crazy. But yeah, it, it, I really loved re-listening to that one and revisiting these old podcasts. So join me next week for another replay. This one is not as old as these other two have been playing, but it's still excellent. And again, one of my most listened podcasts. So I will see you next week. Have a great week and I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.